Last week, I took a picture of my cat. Her name is Puppy. It's a cute picture, but you should see my daddy's pictures. They're great. You should check them out. Go to Linktree slash Greenlight Photo and get your own copy. Okay, I gotta go play with Puppy. Bye. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Greenhouse Effect. It is two o'clock. We're a little bit late, but it is still Thursday. So I am your host, your ever ever loving favorite friendly uh polymath hayden green and this is the greenhouse effect for those of you who are new to the show the greenhouse effect is we uh talk about what's going on in the world over the last week uh we talk about it from a multicultural point of view and that multicultural point of view is mine and uh and those of you who are hanging out with me on Facebook Live, feel free to drop your stuff into the comment section and we will we will get to those and we will definitely answer any questions that you drop in there. And for those of you who are listening on Spotify, we got a little poll there for you to answer and you can put in what your top five is as well. We got a, a busy day today. Uh, a really busy day uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, we, we're starting at at two o'clock because uh, in my, it, it I, I got a phone call and somebody was like, "Hey, I have this person on the line and they need your information so that we can do a very important thing." And I couldn't say no. So we're we're on at two o'clock, but it also means that there there are more big things to come. So. Uh, thank you so much for hanging with me and coming in at 2 o'clock. Hopefully, we reach a couple of people who we were not able to reach in before, who couldn't uh, couldn't tune in at 12 o'clock and booking tune in right now. So, uh, it is always a good time, always a, a really interesting time here at, in New York City. We are getting a little bit of rain to get rid of the snow that's on the ground. Uh, trying to get through February. Uh, happy Black History Month or... As I like to say, uh, happy beginning of Black History Year. Anyway, but there's a lot of, a lot of stuff to, to have a conversation about. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL and what's been going on with the whole Brian, Brian Flores thing. Um, uh, we will talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the Republican Party. They are uh, attacking their own now. Uh, and then we will try to get into uh, Giuliani. For those of you who don't know, Giuliani is back in the news, and it is hilarious. Um, and then we may be able to get to to uh, some some conversations about this whole uh, what's her face, Rihanna being pregnant. And last but not least, we will talk about da 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 my top five rappers. Yes the age-old argument of who's the best rapper. And I'll give you who my top five are, uh, but I, I think that everybody has their own top five. But I think you'll be surprised who I pick as my top person. So we're going to get to all of that stuff. But, of course, we have to talk about Miss Puppy. And um, and she is, and it's not necessarily what she's doing. Um, it, it, it more has to do with just having a cat. Uh, so I don't know if y'all have the same issue that we have is that we get the cat accustomed to one thing and 
and then they stop making that thing or the place that you normally buy stuff from that no longer carries it. Like for instance, we find a good uh, kitty litter and then the place that we buy the kitty litter from doesn't carry that kitty litter anymore for whatever reason. And now we got to go to the ends of the earth to go find this kitty litter. And But the cat likes it and we like it and stuff like that so I got to find it. Uh, the other thing that we find we found was the the food. Um, we started on all different foods, just trying to figure out which one would she would like the most. Uh, but she she really settled in on uh, nine lives. She really likes nine lives. Well, luckily for us, the BJ's around our house carries these uh, nine lives. 500 pack like this thing is huge right and so uh, i think it's like 48 cans of nine lives so we checked the i went back we were low we went back to go get BJ, get the uh the, the cans from bj's lo and behold bj's is no longer carrying the nine lives so i had to go to uh PetSmart. PetSmart? am i a pet smart person yes i went had to go to PetSmart, and PetSmart was like we don't carry nine lives because that's a Petco um, company uh, or a Petco brand. A, number one, I keep on forgetting that Petco and PetSmart are two different companies. Um, somebody in the copyright office should have been like, nah, son, there's, there's already this company that sounds exactly like what you want to name your company. Why is it PetSmart and Petco? Like, I don't get it, right? Second of all, who knew that brands only mess with one or the other? Could you imagine? It's like, yeah, we don't, uh, we we don't put our products in Petco. We are a strictly PetSmart company, and and PetSmart for me, I think PetSmart is the more upscale one. Petco is like, how would you put this? So PetSmart is Petco is like Walmart, and PetSmart is like Target, right? Um, and so it's just got just a smidge more sophistication and a smidge more stuff and you can get more high-end stuff at target just the same way you can get more high-end stuff at, at at petsmart so i go into petsmart looking for the the nine lives thinking all right they'll have it because they pretty much have almost everything that petco has plus more and they didn't have it which led me to believe that i'm feeding my cat inferior food <laughs> so i had this whole complex of like well, maybe I'm giving her food that's not really good for her, but she loves it and she is growing and she is healthy uh, and came back from the vet with a clean bill of health. So I think that we're doing the right thing, but I, I got really nervous. I was like, am I feeding my cat like the crap of, of the pet foods? Anyway, so instead of, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, Nine Lives, I picked up Friskies, and uh, and so she seems to like the Friskies, uh, and she cleans it all up, so I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that that's something that she enjoys. So we're, we're now on the Friskies bandwagon. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have the big old 48-pack, so we're going to have to keep on going back, but like, you know, uh, you're feeding her Cat McDonald's. Is that right, Sid? Is... is 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 uh nine lives cat mcdonald's oh don't make don't say that that makes me feel bad because i thought we was doing something oh oh that that makes me feel bad but so here's the thing right we started her off on blue mountain uh we, you know that's that that's that up there right uh and it's expensive but she didn't like it um but what what i realized was blue mountain the one that we was buying um was 
a uh, um, a pate, and she doesn't like pate unless you break it up. And I didn't fi figure that out until we had switched away from Blue Mountain. So I might go back to Blue Mountain, Blue Diamond, or whatever that's called. Mo says that his number one is Jay Z, and Mo's chiming in all the way from Ghana. What time is it out there? Well, let's see. Is that at four hours? At five hours? So it's like five o'clock, seven o'clock, seven o'clock over there. All right. So Mo's chiming in from Ghana. By the way, Mo, I am wearing my uh, my outfit uh, from uh, from Ghana tonight. We have a, a Black History Month opening, so I'm going to be wearing my outfit tonight. I'm going to be stunting on them. All right. Uh, Sakordi. I got to write that down. So Cordy is my favorite Ghanaian rapper. I'll write that down. Again, most chiming in all the way from Ghana. All right. So that's the puppy. and But puppy's doing well. She likes the food. So uh, it, it, it was, it's all good. All right. So before we go to break, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about our favorite moron from New York City. Uh, used to be America's mayor. Now he is Amer America's fool, Rudy Giuliani. Those of you who don't know who Rudy Giuliani is, he used to be the mayor of New York City. He presided over the city during the 9-11, um, and, and because of that, a lot of people uh, started calling him America's mayor. Uh, he's also responsible for a lot of... Um, there's a lot of things he's responsible for. Uh, some will tell you that he's responsible for a lot of people being locked up uh, because of the... Uh, what do you call it? Um... Uh, quality of life laws, uh, but uh, he's also responsible for cleaning up places like Forty uh, Second Street, and and uh, and then Bloomberg came along and monetized it, and so it now looks like the way it looks now. Hey, Eris, Eris, chiming in from from uh, from from upstate <laughs> or oh, oh, Westchester or the Bronx. Um, uh, well, how you doing, Sora? And so. So Rudy Giuliani signed on to be Donald Trump's lawyer. In fact, he signed on to be his lawyer for just a dollar because he so much believed in the cause. And over the course of the years, he has become an absolute travesty. He has become the laughing stock of the entire legal world. He has lost his bar. Um, he, he got kicked out of the bar in a couple of places. Um, and he is, uh, you know, just, just been an absolute disaster. Um, but... Uh, and now he's actually under indictment for a couple of different things, but he focused. Oh, sorry, focused. He popped up in the zeitgeist again, in the most unusual of places. You're not going to believe this. Rudy Giuliani, in the new season of, get this, The Masked Singer, was one of the singers. In fact, he was the first singer to be demasked, right? So Rudy Giuliani popped up as the masked singer, and he was the first person to be demasked. And I'm sorry for those of you who watched the show and um, and 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 had to find out who the first person to go home was. But this was good enough for I think that you'll forgive me for for the spoiler. So Rudy Giuliani is the first person to get kicked off of the masked singer. He. Um, when they took his head off, uh, Robin Thicke and Ken Jeong walked off the set. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. They didn't want to interview because, you know, they talked to him after. They talked to them afterwards. <laughs> Dunn has... <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, if there is one thing I can count on, it is Dunn coming in hot. Always. <laughs> right? So, um, 
So, uh, so the other two sat there and talked for them. But like Robin Thicke and Ken Jeong was like, uh, yeah, we out. And now I don't. It hasn't aired yet. It's supposed to be airing in March. And so I don't know. We don't know whether or not they're going to edit it in a particular way so that it doesn't look that way. Or, uh, but you heard it here first. Rudy Giuliani was on the Mass Singer. He's the first person voted out, and Ken and Robin walked out. So I we'll have to wait until uh, we'll have to wait until March to find out what that actually looks like for them. But I I can't wait. It's 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 a little bit bananas. All right, we're gonna take a pause and we will come right back and talk a little bit about the Republican Party and how they are uh, ask you know they're 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 attacking their own right now. All right, we are back and my name is Hayden Green and you are inside of the Greenhouse Effect and and uh, oh, oh my God, done you, you uh, no stop. Stop. We, we, oh, Jesus. That's all right, done. <laughs> Take a pause. All right. Um, so we are in the greenhouse effect, and uh, done is blowing up my, my Facebook comments. Uh, but uh, the greenhouse effect is a look at the happenings of the week and looking at it from a multicultural point of view. And I am that multicultural point of view. Anyway, so. The Republican Party is having some issues with its own. As you know, uh, there is current there is currently a commission investigating the uh, January sixth uh, insurrection, and um, while Pelosi and um, and what's his face were looking for people to sit on this committee, they couldn't get any Republicans to sit on the committee because they're all holding the party line, except for Kinzinger, Kinzinger and Cheney. Uh, so those two uh, decided, those two Republicans decided that what was going on was a matter of American um, security and regardless of who the president was and regardless of party lines, they, they decided to sit on the commission. So Kinzinger is from uh, Illinois and Cheney is from Wyoming. And so the Republicans have been angry at them for the entire time for sitting on this committee they're like how can you you know how can you sit on this committee um you know we're all backing our president uh you know even though you know behind closed doors they'll all tell you that you know it, it nobody wants to be affiliated with Trump. They they want him to go away, but they want to keep his base. That's the problem. They want him to go away, but they want to keep the base. They want to be able to, to look to all the people that were following Trump and say, oh, we're going to... Um, uh, we're going to do the same things that he did, so follow us. Uh, but they just don't want him around. So anyway, so Kinzinger and Cheney are on this committee, and so the Republicans have decided to bar them from the House Republican Convention. What is the House Republican Convention? Well, all of the people in the House of Representatives, all of the, the uh, Republicans in the, in the House of Representatives, and the Democrats have the exact same thing, uh, they all come together as a caucus. So they all sit around and say, we are all Republicans. We all should be voting as a bloc. We all should be able to come to agreement so that when we get on the House floor, we already know how we're voting. So uh, they communicate, they send memos, there's a, there's a president of the House Republican Conference. And so 
they have said that you two are not um, Republicans. You two are not good enough to be Republicans, and we're kicking you out of the House Re the, the the House Republican Conference. And so now they are not going to get any of the information. And when they when they're voting, they're not going to ask them how to you know how, what their opinion is. Uh, I think that they will still be able to go to the conferences, but they've taken away all their voting powers. So. It's, it's really interesting that when Republicans look at their membership and they're like, if you don't party, if you don't toe the party line, we're going to kick you out of this. We're going to kick you out of that. And we're, we're not going to we're not going to mess with you. Right. And but when you look at it on the Democratic side and you have people like Manchin and Cinema who are consistently derailing all of the efforts of the. Uh, of the, the the Democratic Party, you just have everybody in the Democratic Party going, "Hey, come on, can you can you work with us? Can you? there is no reprimand, there is no um, kind of kickback, or not kickback, but no kind of blowback for going against the party line in the Democratic in the Democratic Party. Whereas in the Republican Party, you get shunned. You get like like we got Marjorie Taylor Greene doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and they're like, "Nope, she's one of ours." As long as she says what we needed to say, as long as she holds to the Republican Party line, she's one of ours, and we'll keep her. But the minute that you go against the Republican Party line, the minute you show that you are, uh, you show any kind of dissent, they, they they turn on you. As a matter of fact, Cheney is up for re-election in in Wyoming, and she is running against. She got booted out, number one, she got booted out of her number three party, uh, number three position in the party. Just com completely, they were like, you know what, uh, you're voting with those people over there, we're going to boot you out. So you can't vote your mind, you can't, like, if, if you are, as a Republican, hear something that changes your mind about a particular issue, are you not supposed to vote with your best conscience? Uh, isn't that not the point of you going to Washington? Is that not the point of you uh, being a representative that you can listen to all of this information and, and say that this is what we, you know, this is the way that we are going to move forward with this new information that I got? And that's what they did. They looked at it as like, this man decided to, uh, he had a gross miscarriage of, of, of his office. He caused an insurrection. He then didn't do anything to stop the insurrection. And I'm going to sit on this, I'm going to sit on this panel to say, um, <laughs> right, you right. Uh, I'm looking at Kim's point as like, yeah, like what is Hayden talking about that would cause Dunn to say that? <laughs> um, and so, anyway, so she says that you know this is some crazy stuff that's going on. I'm gonna sit on this panel to get more information, and the Republican Party's like, no. We're just all going to stick together and we're going to vote as a block. And that's what the, and, and that's the problem that they have with her. Uh, so she, she got booted out of the party's uh, the party's le um, leadership. Um, and now uh, she is being challenged by somebody uh, in her in, in Wyoming. And um, and the person who was challenger is being funded by Trump, being backed and funded by Trump. See? Now, that, that's how the Republicans do. And I have to say that I am not completely against that. So somebody's saying that there's volume lost. 
uh, if anybody else has lost their volume, let me know. Uh, it, it might just be one person. Uh, that's Brenda Green signing on, Mama Darius. But I have to say that I don't see, <laughs> I don't see a lot wrong with that kind of attitude, right? Like if you aren't, if you are not going to work with us, then we have to move you out to a certain certain other place um, that is no longer part of the decision making process. Uh, but at the same time, it it is. You have to be able to do that within reason, right? Like, again, so if we're looking at Mansion and Cinema, they're not making these decisions because they got new information. It's like, all right, we have to make a different decision. They're like, I got some people back home that will absolutely vote me out if I don't give rich people money. Or if I decide I'm taking money away from the coal producers that I have, that I'm invested in. That has nothing to do with we saw something that we think that we should take a look at from both sides of the aisle that has to do with i'm looking to save my own butt because i know that my my electors will will vote me out and that's and that's a completely different thing and for those people if you are if you are looking at this the issue which in this particular thing is climate change or the build back better bill or voter rights and voter suppression if you're looking at that stuff and you can't look at it from a democratic point of view and you're in the democratic party then what's the point i don't understand what is the i don't understand what the point is and and so that's the you know did you run as a democrat because there was a heavy democratic uh, thing in your in your particular place, so heavy 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 democratic democrat uh, democ um, demographics in your particular area. So you ran as a democrat. I mean that's what that that's what they do in New York. That's what happened with um, Bloomberg. Bloomberg ran, ran as a Republican um, because he could because the Democrats were. You know, they he didn't he didn't have a footing in the in the Democrats, and he was like, "I'll just run as a Republican, right?" And so some people switch to serve their own their own guys. Like I don't understand I don't understand cinema, and I don't understand mansion. I don't understand how you are looking at this point of view uh, from a completely different different point of view than the Democratic Party. And that part is like, all right, maybe you need to move off to something else. So anyway. Uh, we'll have to play it out and see where that that uh, that lands. But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll, when we come back, we will talk about what is happening in the NFL. For those of you who have not been catching up, all right, we are back, and it is the Greenhouse Effect, and it is a Thursday, and I am your host Hayden Green, and I thank you so much uh, for those of you. Uh, don't and, and so said is uh, hanging in there and, and said is chiming in about what we talked about in the last sex segment uh, with the um, with party people in certain parties just not acting as if they're part of that particular party. So Tim Scott uh, said brings up Mansion Cinema, um, you know uh, Cheney Kinsinger, but but Cheney and Kinsinger. They still are very much Republican. They still have this idea of what, a, how to run government and all the rest of that stuff. They just saw atrocities on January 6th and says, I'll sit on this commission to get more information. 
in the Republican Party is is stalwart, stalwart, um, stalling against it. Actually, to be honest with you, so that it can't move forward because they don't want information to come out. That they're just saying that there's nothing to see. Really, we have tape. There's plenty to see. Anyway, um. For those of you who woke up on Saturday, no, not Saturday, what's today? Today is Thursday, so this might have to be uh, yesterday. Um, yesterday, uh, Brian Flores decided that he was going to sue everybody. So, to give you a little bit of background, Brian Flores is a former coach of the Miami Dolphins. He lasted there two years, or maybe three. Um, and he was doing a good job. In fact, uh, he had had that team turned around, and when he was fired, he had just won eight games in a row. Now, you can't do, you can't win eight games in a row in the, you know, in, in a lot of sports. Like, you win eight games in a row in the NBA, and people are like, oh, okay, and that, they, they play 80-something games, right? So, for a, a sport that only has um, 17 games, winning eight games in a row is amazing, now, they didn't win the division, but clearly they were trending in the right direction. And uh, and he was fired. And everybody was like, what the, right? So that is, so that by itself was absolutely bananas. And we all knew that there was something else going on for him to get fired. We knew that it, it, it couldn't just be on performance. We knew that there was something else there. Well, it turns out that, in looking for a new job, he applied to the jobs at Cle- at uh, is it Cleveland? Not Cleveland, maybe Cleveland. Uh, but he applied for the job at the Giants um, and another place. And uh, no, the Broncos. He applied for the Broncos job and he applied for the the the, the Giants job, right? And uh, as you know, or maybe may or not know, uh, soon after the interview, the Giants announced that they were going to hire another guy, Brian, somebody else. I forget what the other guy's Brian last name is, but they're both named Brian. So, but here's what went down. A couple of days before he had to interview at the Giants, Bill Belichick from New England, and, and, and this is to tell you just how incestuous all of the, the leadership of the NFL is. Bill Belichick from the, the, the uh, New England Patriots texted him and said, and the, the, the context of the text was, hey, Brian, congratulations. I hear you're their man. And Brian, Brian Flores is going, great. I, you know, do you know something that I don't know? Uh, and he goes, Giants, Bill does. Uh, and Brian said, what have you heard? Like, I interview on, th- you know, not, I interview on Thursday. It's like, well, I heard that you are there, that you're your man, that you've got it in the bag, um, and it's yours. So, Brian goes, well, I hope so. That's something that I absolutely would love. P.S. Brian Flores is from Brooklyn, right? So, coming home to coach the Giants, that had been a dream come true for him. So, he um, then reaches back out and goes, hey, Bill, um, coach, are you sure you got the right Brian? This is Brian Flores, not the other Brian. And he go, and Bill goes, oh, man, I messed this up. I think that they, you know, I, I think that they're going to go with the other Brian. Remember, 
This is before Brian Flores even interviewed for the job. And they still interviewed him. So, what you need to know, for those of you who don't watch the NFL or are not familiar with this, is there is a thing called the Rooney Law in the NFL. And it says that in order to hire any head coach, you have to, have to, interview at least one minority candidate. One candidate from um, a, a non-majority represented field or whatever, right? You have to at least, you have to at least interview. So it means that you you just have to bring them in for the interview, and the the goal of the Rooney rule the Rooney the Rooney the Rooney rule is to get people in front of management and in hopes that they were like oh okay we never considered this person but now that we've given them an opportunity to interview with us we we have to take you know we, we we're seeing something that uh, we like here. Uh, and that's the goal. The goal is to at least give the opportunity to people for um, for them to be in front of um, to be in front of management, right? It has become a farce. It has become a complete farce. So all of these interviews that they're giving to to black folk are dummy interviews. They are, have no intention of hiring these people. And right now, we went from a bunch of black coaches in the NFL. To now we only have one. The Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers uh, are the only team that has a black coach. The only team, and so now it. So now um, Brian Flores is like the interview that you gave me was a sham, and all of this whole thing is a sham. So now he is suing everything. He's like, I know I will probably never get an NFL job ever again, but I'm gonna blow this whole thing up. And he is pulling back the, the curtain on the fact that all of these black coaches only get interviews so that they could comply with the Rooney rule and there is no real point, there is no real desire to hire them. In fact, when they do hire the black coaches, that we are now finding out that they hire them so that the team can tank and not only and not that they are hiring saying that he will they're, they're not saying that he won't uh that the black coaches won't do well they are hiring them and telling them to tank because they're trying to get draft choices and so then when their record is awful god awful and they get these draft choices and the team is now on the upswing what do they do they go out and hire somebody who is not black right so brian flores is on record with saying that when he was at miami they paid they offered him a hundred thousand dollars every time he lost a game as you look during the season that they were trying to tank for Tua, they they paid him a hundred thousand. They offered him a hundred thousand dollars every time he lost a game, right? Um, Hugh Jackson from the Cleveland Browns is now coming out today and saying that they they were trying to get they gave him money in order to lose games so that he could get uh, uh, draft choices, and they ended up getting uh, 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 what's the dude's name, right? But so now you've got these black coaches coming in and now the ownership is saying we need you to 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 strip it down and run the the team into the ground so that we could get draft choices. But then it wouldn't be so bad if you did that and then said, now that we got the team that we want, we need you to build it back up. Then after that, they just fire the coaches and therein lies the problem. And so. Hugh Jackson, Brian Flores, and I guarantee you a bunch of other coaches are going to come out and say a bunch of stuff about all of these owners, right? And so 
it's what the problem is is now trying to figure out what is the best way to get these black coaches um, jobs in the NFL. What is the best way to get them experience and get them the jobs? Uh, one of the ways that that is come you know gets bandied around all the time is uh, uh, um, black ownership, right? So there's a bunch of teams that are there are a bunch of teams that are up for sale. Why not mandate that a you know a black owner or a consortium of black owners take on these teams? You get more black ownership. You mean it means that you'll be able to uh, have a, a seat at the old boys table, right? Um, and Kim talks about fans still support the NFL and their antics. Listen, I stopped watching games for almost three years, right? Because the shenanigans were just out of out of control. Um, and then they put in a lot of, and so this was on the racial side. Um, and then they put in a lot of things that I felt were efforts to to bring it back to center, to really be better about the racial content and and the racial makeup and and the way they treated players and what was happening in the in the country. And so I thought they were back on the uh, they were moving towards a good place, but then now they're back to the whole thing, right? Um, Eric says that they're, they're they fear uh, black ownership, and that may actually be true. Um, but I, I I will to to your point, Kim. Football is an addictive game. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm addicted to football. For those three years that I didn't watch a snap of football, I still, like, listened on SportsCenter when, you know, when they were talking about the games. I'm addicted to football. I'll tell you this right now. They put on a really good product, and I like my teams, and I am a fan. I will tell you that right now. And that is the thing that they have over everybody. People live and breathe and eat and drink their football teams more than any other sport, right? You don't have that kind of passion for any other sport than you do as the, as you do in football. Not basketball, not not hockey, um, maybe a little bit in baseball. There are people who are diehard baseball because baseball has a very long history, and so there are people who's three generations in rooting for the same team kind of thing. But football has become part of the American digest, the the, the American zeitgeist, zeitgeist, right? It's been, it's now part of what who we are and what we do. And so the, the goal is not to boycott. The goal is to get this right. Um, and, you know, so maybe they're coming on with the XFL right now. The XFL starts playing next year. And Hopefully, they have things baked into the XFL that will allow for a lot of these shenanigans to not happen to that league as well. And maybe that's what it will take, you know, them drawing members away from the, from the NFL uh, to have them put their, put their house in order. Derek says, is being left in, 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 of an abysmal right, oh wait, wait a minute, you moved up here, uh, is being left of an abysmal right now appear to be progress? Do we trust the NFL is disrupting practices or attempting to practice better pre-R? Listen, Derek, I, I, I completely, um, I, I don't at, at any point in time think that they've had a come to Jesus and they're like, oh my God. We have to be better about this stuff. Um, I, I, I'm fully transparent that I am using that as a excuse for me to watch the game that I love. I 
am addicted. I'm going to just tell you this right there, right? I, and and a lot of the country is the same way. Um, and and so uh, do we, and, and, and a lot of us realize that those of us that stepped away from football, our stepping away from football did nothing, right? Um, and so there's a there's a it it's a very it is it is very tough to kind of rectify you know ratify what our actions are in terms of either watching or not watching uh but my hope is that the xfl coming on and uh and aaron is talking about the usfl aaron chiming in from philadelphia um the, my my hope is that those two markets will move the NFL closer uh, to move the NFL closer to center because you will start to see players saying there's now another option for me to make money and to create generational wealth for myself uh, and not have to deal with the racism uh, that is prevalent in the NFL. Uh, Kim says the NFL has no need to change because the fans continue watching regardless of everything, which is what I've been saying. All right. So, um, we, we have to sit back and see what happens. I think some of these lawsuits are really going to be, uh, transformative in, in terms of the practices. I think that they will, you know, and, and the, the bad part about it is that the, the NFL came out immediately and was like, these are wrong. These are, uh, these charges are uh, incorrect and and immediately denied it without ever doing any you know one wisp of investigation but you know i don't know that what we expected them to say but they they were really quick i was like nope this is categorically wrong i was like oh okay uh joseph says kim you are right i stopped watching football four years but i seem to not be able to let go of the giants been a giants fan since six years old it is addicting same here with the jets um Wisdom says, we have seen iterations of these alternate leagues, and they have all fallen off, though no difference now. So, I I agree with you. In fact, the XFL was here before. I think that the current uh, iteration of the XFL might have legs. And especially with what's going on in the NFL, I think that we might actually get a viable league out of the XFL this time. Fingers crossed. If for nothing else, then it will make the NFL better. That's my one and only hope, right? That's my one and only hope. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and I will come back and tell you who my top 10 rappers of all time are, and you are going to be mad at me. Uh, not top 10, my top 5. You are going to be mad at me, but y'all just going to have to deal with it. All right, be right back. All right, uh, we are back, and my name is Hayden Green, and this is The Greenhouse Effect, and we are closing out the show, and we're going to do our top 10, um, sorry, I want to keep on saying top 10, my top five rappers of all time. So to give you a little bit of back, to give you a little bit of qualifications, though, when I say rappers, I'm talking about lyricists, right? I'm talking about cats where you listen to them and you're doing this, it's like, oh, 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 okay. Oh, and for those of you who are listening on Spotify, I am moving my head around and 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 pointing in the air where, as if to say, "Oh, I see that line there, and I can I can see where you went with this, and and this wordplay is dope." So that's a rapper to me, right? We got hip hoppers, we got people who consider themselves to be part of the hip hop culture. I don't consider everybody a rapper. Um, so I have five. That I, when I listen, I got to sit down and listen to everything they say, right? Because you might miss something. So, um, and you, I'm, I'm going to say this right now, 
and it's going to cause a bunch of problems. Well, now I'm going to say it because I, I want you to see where I go with this. So my top five starts off with my number five starts off with MF Doom. If you've never heard of MF Doom, you need to just turn the show off right now because this part you you can't you you can't you can't get um yes I Kim we'll get into the whole delete Spotify in a second but that's a whole nother story uh, it's where my thing is um so if you don't know who MF Doom is then you should turn this off right now because everything else above this is on that level right so MF Doom sits on a beat like nobody you have ever heard of like you've ever heard before he is a incredible um uh a lyricist and you know the only reason he is number five is that i don't i have not listened to enough of his work and i know that if i just delved even more into mf doom he would be higher up but the stuff that i have heard from him is ridiculous so mf doom is my number five my number four is Busta Rhymes. And people will be like, Busta who? No, listen, let me explain something to you. Busta Rhymes has some of the breath, best breath control in all of the rap game. And he can, like, he is one of the fastest rappers. And when I tell you fast, and you can understand every single word that he is saying even though he's coming at you the best verse that i've ever heard from buster rhymes was the um look at me now uh with chris brown right that verse when you hear it i nearly had to pull off to the side of the road because i was listening to it on hot 97 the first time that i ever heard it it is brilliant brilliant and, and i'm talking about just like oh my god like you Somebody sat, he sat down and um, Busta has stolen every posse cut he's ever been in. Right. So he's he's like always one of those people where his verse, it just takes you to another place. And his, his styling and his ability to sit on a beat is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and, and he is unmatched for that. All right. The third, my, my number three on this list... And, I, and 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 this is going to be controversial because he's number three and not higher up, I guess. Um, it's Kendrick Lamar. All right. Kendrick Lamar. Um, I slept on Kendrick Lamar, first and foremost. Right. People were like, Kendrick Lamar this, Kendrick Lamar that. And, um, and I was driving. I don't remember where I was driving, but it was a long trip. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna listen to to Pimp a Butterfly on this trip down there, and I and and I get turned off by a lot of N word, a lot of just like aggressive language in in my rap, um, because I you know I'm all of the uh, yes K dot at three. I know V. I know. I'm sorry. Um, so I get turned off by a lot of that stuff, and and that's what I heard at the beginning right of me listening to Kendrick Lamar but I listened to the pimp a butterfly and I can I became a complete convert a complete convert this man is brilliant right and his lyricism is above and beyond most of what's out there right now uh, and um and I was completely blown away so I 
uh, I have him at three because I think that the other two that are in front of him, people sleep on them. Or not necessarily sleep on them, but put them lower down because they have some sort of bias against them. Anyway, so Kendrick Lamar is my number three. My number two. Woo! This is gonna get this is gonna get tight right now. My number two is Eminem. Yes, Eminem. And y'all can say whatever you want about Eminem and all the rest of the stuff, right? But Eminem revolutionized the game of rap in his own way uh being able to talk about traumatic things and and his own tra- trauma and his and, and his family and and coming at other celebrities and, and 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 just getting away with a lot of stuff while just completely lyrically sound and Eminem can switch it up however he wants he can slow it down he can like just completely blow you out with like uh you know writing a beat or just like fast rap like i think that if you listen to the his ability as a lyricist eminem is gotta be in your top three and for me he is my number two so I absolutely think that I, I I can listen to any Eminem album and find stuff that I that I enjoy just for just construction of a song, construction of the lyrics, and all the rest of that stuff. He's definitely my number two. Um, so my my top my my two through five is MF Doom at number five, Busta Rhymes at number four, Kendrick Lamar at number three, and Eminem at number two. All right, so, uh, so I knew it. Thank you. Some people actually hate the dude because he's white, because he's lyrically no one could dust him. I'm not mad at this list. M is a beast, uh, giving Hayden the side eye. Kim, Kim is always giving me the side eye. I don't know why I'm always getting the side eye from Kim. Um, la- so my number one rapper, lyricist, for me, 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 I know this is going gonna to bite everybody, but my number one lyricist is Black Thought. And, and no, it is not Jay-Z. Everybody was like, oh, like, it's got to be Jay-Z. He's from Brooklyn. Listen, I love Jay-Z. He didn't even make my top five in terms of a lyricism. In terms of making a hot record and, and a beat and, and just like a great performer, Jay-Z's tops. I love Jay-Z. He is not my top lyricist. My top lyricist is Black Thought. If you don't know about Black Thought, and for those of you who don't, Black Thought is the lead singer of, um, oh my God, why did I blank out for, uh, of, uh, oh Jesus, of, anyway. So Black Thought, if you listen to the way that he raps, uh, there is a clip of when he is on some um, podcast, how some li- some list or something like that, some pod, not podcast, some show where he has to do a freestyle. The Roots. Oh my God, I could not bring the, the name of the Roots right. Um, if you listen to him and the way he sits on a beat for this freestyle and just the absolute boss breath control there is no one better 
and he will take you to talking about some woman that he really loves or talking about something that affects the black community or just talking about some uh, how great he listen black thought can do it all and his voice is awesome i love black thought i listen to a roots album all day long just to, just so i could hear this dude man so black thought it, Black Thought is my number one rapper. So that's my number five. MF Doom, Busta Rhymes, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and then Black Thought. So what are people saying over here? It says, how is Biggie not on your list? I love Biggie. Um, but when we're, talk, like, when we're talking about these rappers, I think that if we're talking lyrics for lyrics, these people will take him. Uh, and and, and, and y'all know I love Biggie. I, I, I cape for Biggie. Biggie is my number one storytelling rapper of all time like i biggie can sit on a story like nobody's business like he'll he'll have you in it like my favorite rap song from him it's a story to tell it's a story where it's it's a song where he tells the story twice and you listen to it twice because he does it in such an engaging way so i'm not gonna crap on biggie i love him but i feel like this is my top five joe says hayden i'm coming over we're going to uh we're going to talk hip-hop over cognac the prime minister of thought <laughs> uh la leakers uh, uh 10 minutes of heat that's where uh the black thought thing um and where does wale fall i'm gonna have to tell you right now i don't listen to a lot of wale um everybody keeps on telling me that i need to and i think i may have listened to one song and i wasn't impressed and that turned me off i have to go back and listen to him a little bit more um but so i don't listen to a lot of wale so that's on me but uh, he didn't impress me the with whatever song it was that i listened to the first time and i just never went back all right we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show um i want to thank you all for hanging out with me we didn't even get to rihanna and her baby bump that everybody felt the need to post as if they were re related to rihanna um they uh we didn't get to the fact that they arrested four people for uh providing drugs to michael k williams which eventually led to his death and next time we come back i absolutely want to talk about uh, the bomb threats at the HBCUs. This is the second time that uh, a number of HBCUs all have bomb threats all in the same day, and we need to talk about that. So we'll talk about that on the next show. Um, and you know, you got to come back next week Thursday at twelve. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. This has been the Greenhouse Effect. I am your host Hayden Green. I hope you had a good time. Now go out and be warm to another human. See y'all next week. <laughs>